Exodus chapter number 23, Exodus chapter number 23, uh, thank you for the good music as always, uh, Exodus chapter uh, number 23. Uh, I'm going to uh, bring a message from a text tonight. Uh, I have uh, had the privilege uh, in my life and ministry to be influenced by some uh, great men of God, and I'm, th- I'm thankful for that, and uh, many have influenced me uh, in different ways, uh, but tonight I'm going to preach from a text where, uh, as, I, as a pastor, there are, uh, there are four specific uh, principles, uh, four specific things that I want to follow personally uh, to help me as a pastor. Now, I'm not going to tell you what all of those are. Uh, that doesn't mean that's all that I believe, as you know. But uh, in dealing with the leadership of the church, and one of those principles I'm going to preach from tonight, uh, tonight will help you. I'm going to be very practical in my preaching this evening. Uh, I want it to be a help to you. But we're going to be in Exodus chapter number 23. Before we read our text, let me just encourage you, keep praying for one another. Still have a lot of people out with sickness. Uh, keep praying uh, that eventually it'll all get out. And uh, if you are sick and contagious, uh, stay home. This is the only time your pastor is going to tell you to stay home, but stay home uh, because you're going to take two or three out with you uh, in the next week or so. But uh, let's get well. Let's get healthy. Let's be excited about the things uh, that God has for us. And it is exciting. One thing you know about the Emmanuel Baptist Church, something's always going on. Uh, Something is always going to take place. And so I'm looking forward to uh, getting uh, in our permanent location, uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, what God does for us along the way, and I'll probably allude to some of that in the, in the message this evening. Uh, Exodus 23, begin reading in verse number 20. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Be reminded, people, God always has a plan. He's told the children of Israel... I'm bringing you out of Egypt. We know all that they had to go through and all the tests to the Egyptians and all those things and the faith to leave and to cross the Red Sea. Now they've left. Where are we going? He, they're reminded here that he, God has a plan. I don't, this isn't the message tonight, but I don't know if you feel lost. Some of you, I watch you walk around, and I'm thinking that's what it is, but I feel lost in life. I know where I've come from, but where does God have for me? God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. Verse 21, Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Remember, friend, God will fight the enemies of his people. Uh, He says, I will cut them off. There's a principle here. I'll allude to it in the introduction. God wants you and I to follow him and be busy about uh, his work, and he will take care of his enemies. Uh, I'll just say this. I'm against abortion. It's murder. Uh, There's no excuse for it. The judgment of God is going to be on our nation because if I don't care how how politically correct they want to try and make it, that's just the reality of it. But the church isn't to waste our time going and picketing an abortion clinic when we can be out winning people to Christ. Uh, God, we, we do righteousness, God will fight the enemies. Verse 24, eventually I'll get to the message tonight. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them. 
and quite break down their images. Next time you see a coexist bumper sticker, there's the scriptural refutation of it. Verse 24, And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall, nothing ca- there shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee, and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hittite from before thee. Notice verse 29. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. God says, I'm going to drive them out. As you come in, I'm pushing them out. Then he says in verse 29, now it's not going to happen in one year. Don't we want everything to happen just like that? Uh, That's just, just our nature. Now, I am not that way. I'm a very patient person. But all you folks are that way. Uh, we, 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 we want it now. And God said, I'm not going to drive them out right away. But notice verse 30. By little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. God said, you're going to have the land. And you just keep following the angel of the Lord. You keep following him. Now, don't you do anything to, to, to anger him. You follow Him. And as long as you follow Him, uh, He is going to bless you and He's going to be an adversary to your adversaries. Then He reminds them in verse 29, Now, don't get distracted. I'm not going to eliminate your enemies in a year. I'm not going to just remove them from the picture. But He says, little by little, He'll do it. There's a great principle in that verse that we're going to look at tonight. That you and I, as a church, you and I, as a Christian, you and I, as a family, we need to apply to our life. And I'm going to preach on that this this evening, little by little. Father, I pray that you'll uh, take the message tonight. I pray the Holy Spirit of God, work in our hearts, work in our lives. May we uh, take this simple truth, uh, but this simple truth that I believe would revolutionize the life of many Christians, revolutionize uh, your people. Father, I pray that uh, we'll heed the instruction from Scripture tonight. Uh, May it be a help to us and a blessing to us. Uh, If there's one here unsaved, may they realize their need of salvation this evening. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God promised in this text to deal with Israel's enemies. He, I find it very interesting. He said, as you move in, I'll just keep them just a little bit ahead of you, just a little bit away of you. Uh, you can see them, but they're just far enough out of reach that they're not going to destroy you, that they're not going to get in the way as long as you advance. And so many times that is something that we have to remember. God is in complete control. God is in, he's not caught surprised by anything, and he has made some promises that we can hold to. He would clear the path, he would clear them out as they move forward. Something you, a theme you will find in your Bible over and over again is God always wants his people moving forward. 
He never wants them moving backwards. It is always forward. Well, there's an obstruction in front of me. Move forward and God will remove it. Most of us operate this way. When God removes it, then I'll move forward. But that's not faith. That's not dependence on God. If God wants us moving forward, He gives us instructions to follow. He will make the way. But notice He tells them, I'm going to do it little and little. Little by little. Uh, They were probably a lot like you and I. Impatient. We want like to operate by, we were more comfortable operating by sight instead of faith. When we know as a child of God, God is is honored, God is pleased. Uh, We please Him by operating by faith and not by sight. But He says, I'm going to do a work little by little. Let me remind you of some things uh, this evening. God is a little by little God. I did not say he's a little God. He's the Almighty. He spoke all that exists into existence. He certainly has the power. He certainly has the ability uh, to alter anything he wants to alter. I think of uh, the, the, the story in this book where God's people are advancing and Moses is up and Aaron and her are holding up his, his hands and Joshua is fighting the enemies in the valley. And, and the sun stood still so that the enemy could be vanquished. Now, only God can make time stand still. I know when your mother-in-law comes over, you feel like time is standing still, but no, only God makes time stand still. Only He can, why, He's a mighty God. He's an almighty God. And we look for the God of the big work. But if you study your Bible and you think uh, about your own life tonight, you you will realize that God, He's always working, but He mostly works little by little. He does a little bit at a time. Now, we want the big miracle. And praise God, even in this year, haven't we seen some miracles? There is no explanation from a God bigger than all of this to reach, to reach down and to alter something and to perform a miracle that only He could do. I'm not saying tonight that God is not a miracle-working God. We need the miracles of God. We must have the miracles of God. But in your life, in your pathway, in the will that God has for you, from the journey that you are taking as a Christian through this this world, which we are a pilgrim of, until the Lord calls us home, uh, mostly God is going to work in your life little by little. Little by little is a healthy growth. Little by little is reality. You think about life. Most that we accomplish in life is little by little. It's not overnight. We need to apply the text and this principle to our life. A new husband, someone who just got married, or a new wife who just got married, they look at their spouse, and they, the husband looks at his spouse and expects her to, to, to cook and clean and, and do all that that's a wife has, has, who's been married 30 years to accomplish, and vice versa. Uh, uh, but that's not reality. Uh, that is not reality. A, a young couple wants to be wealthy, independent, and retire by age 35. That's not reality. It has to be done little by little. A seasoned Christian wants a new Christian to act like he's been saved his whole life. That's not reality. 
Now we're all going to stand before God and give an account of what we have done with the truth, what we have done with, with the life that God has given us. But I wonder how many young Christians, new converts, have been discouraged and not followed and grown in their life because other Christians expected them to get in 30 weeks what they got in 30 years. It's little by little. A new pastor wants the love and loyalty immediately, similar to a man who's pastored for those people for 30 years. That's just not reality. A parent wants their, I don't know if this will hit home with anybody, a parent wants their two-year-old child to act like he's 18. Uh, most of the time, and I'll just insert a little bit of parenting here, most of the time, especially when you're out in public, a, a, a parent disciplines their child is, is not because to protest the action, it's because the child is embarrassing them. Uh, if, if they're two, they're going to act like they're two. Uh, that's just the reality of it. Don't expect them to act like they're 18 if they're two. Uh, it's little by little. Wait for this one. Christians today pray for and wait on a sweeping revival to take place in our nation. Uh, we're not ha we, we are not absent of revival because Christians aren't talking about it. We're not absent of revival because I believe Christians aren't praying about it. I don't believe we're praying for it as we should. But this is the mistake that we make. We say, oh, we want revival and we're going to pray for revival. And we sit back and say, God, go ahead and do it. That's not how it works. I don't know if God is ever going to send another awakening like He has done. I believe He is more than capable of doing that. But I don't know if He's going to do that. So, so Pastor, what are we to do? We're, we're to reach our city little by little. I'd love for us to wake up tomorrow and everybody had come to know Christ. And overnight, everybody was converted, got saved. Change the city, turn it upside down. Uh, God could do that, but until God does that, or in lieu of God doing that, why don't we just, as a church, try and reach our city little by little? See, tonight, we cannot get consumed. We cannot get caught up with all of the affairs of this world because we have a job to do as a church. It's little by little. Well, independent Baptists are being criticized more than they've ever been criticized before. What do you think about that, Pastor? I'm not thinking about it. I'm already thinking about the next building we're going to build. I'm already thinking about the next ministry that the Lord's going to allow us to start. I'm already thinking 10 years down the road about what we're going to do for the Lord, and we're going to get there little by little. The reason why most Christians get stopped in their, in their pathway for the Lord is because they, they don't understand this principle that God works a little bit at a time. See, the little by little is the secret. Let me, let me give you the outline tonight, and, and then I'll, I'll give you some things to apply to our lives. Little by little requires faith. We're reminded in verse number 20, Behold, I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. You're going to have to trust. You're going to have to follow. See, little by little requires faith. Last year for 50 one or 52 weeks, I can't remember which one it was, if it was all 52 weeks or just 51 weeks, we, we had our Sunday school lessons on faith. We learned and we were reminded that it is impossible to please God without what? Faith. 
without faith it is sin. Faith is that dependence on God. See, we, we all, we say, wouldn't it be nice if God just laid out the next 30 years for us? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we knew how it was all going to work out, if God just wrote it in the sky? Uh, this is how it's going to take place. This is how you're going to get to where you want to go. This is how you're going to advance in your Christian life, and all of this is going to take place. But friend, little by little requires faith. And when we have to operate in our Christian life one step at a time, we have to depend on God. Now, I'm pleased with our current situation. I am very thrilled. I'm not just pleased. I'm thrilled at what the Lord is doing with the property He has given us, uh, our financial situation, having no debt whatsoever. And, and, and I don't remember a time when it's been better than it is right now. But I don't know what all the, the next weeks and months. And, and you know what? I'm okay with that. Because I want to keep depending on God. He hasn't steered us wrong yet, has He? Little by little requires faith. It requires His leadership in our life. Can I ask you just a very simple but a pointed question? Who's in charge of you? And if you're one of our men right now and you said my wife in your head, we're going to have to talk about that later. But who's in charge of you? Is the Lord in charge of you? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How can we go wrong, friend, without uh, following the path that God has set before us? It requires His leadership in our life. Here's part of the faith picture we don't like. Here's part of little by little we don't like. It's submitting to His timing. Part of the will of God is not just the what, but it's the when. It's the timing. It's what the Lord wants. And most of us, if we're honest, we have a harder time with the timing of God than we have with the actual what that God has. It's following the timing of Him. But if we submit to the timing of God, we are submitting to His leadership. See, to operate little by little, you have to have faith. You have to have continued faith. Many of you have been been members of this church for 20, 30 years and even closer to 40 years now. Uh, You know what it has been? It has been a journey of faith, little by little. Uh, Some of you, when you called my uh, uh, father to be the pastor uh, almost uh, getting close to 40 years ago, if you had realized that when I came as a six-year-old boy that I'd be your pastor now, and we'd be doing some of the things you did, you'd have fired him as soon as he got here if God had showed you that. But little by little, we can say as a church, we are in the center of the will of God. Why is that? Because we've had to follow by faith. We've had to trust His leadership. It requires faith to operate little by little. Not only does it require faith, it requires discipline. If you're going to be a, and I'll use the term good Christian, If you're going to be an obedient Christian, if you're going to be a growing Christian, you've got to be disciplined. Now we have the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within us the moment of salvation. And because we have the Spirit of God that dwells within us, there is nothing we cannot overcome with His leadership, with His help. Nothing. 
the, the blood of Christ overcomes all sins. And we can overcome anything by the blood of the, blood of the Lamb. But we have the Holy Spirit of God inside of us to help us. But we must be disciplined in our life. That's why God, God has, you do not have to do certain things to be saved. It's just faith to be saved. But upon your salvation, there are certain things the Lord will require of you and I to do for us to grow in our Christian life, for us to receive all the blessings that we can receive. It requires discipline. When, when Christians don't grow or we have struggles in our Christian life, that besetting sin continues to be a snag to us. Or this, that uh, I'm up one day and, and we have a special service and I'm on fire for God and then three weeks later I'm about ready to quit and I'm not giving personal testimony. I don't want to discourage you tonight, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, and, oh, I now I want to quit. And, well, what's happening? You've got to have some discipline between the mountaintop and the valley. You've got to have some character about you. Mom and Dad, teach your kids character. Make them work. Make them do. Teach them character. It will make... Well, it's not good. That doesn't mean they're saved. No, it'll make them a better Christian, though. Uh, you are going to have to have some self-control. I know this is not an amen shouting sermon tonight, but how are we going to do little by little? Have some self-control. Because we want to be free of the battle now. We want an answer to prayer now. We want to know where we're going now. We want to know how it's going to end up now. We want to know what God's got for our children now. But it requires some self-control and discipline to stay in the plan of God, to stay in the parameters God has set, and little by little follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You have to have some self-control. I'm going to give you a couple of practical applications. Um, you probably should have a budget. You probably should have a schedule and live by it. Uh, live by these things that will help discipline you. Uh, there's nothing wrong with saying, I have some weakness in this area. I need somebody to help me in this area uh, so that I can, be, I can be more successful in this area. I can honor God more in this area. That, that's something that, that we ought to do so that I can be a better, better Christian. So that I can serve God better with my life. I'm sorry for using those bad words in church, by the way. Budget and schedule. Um, I apologize for that. But it's about crucifying our flesh. It's not my will, but thine. Those are easy words to say. But how are you living them? Little by little. If I understand little by little, then I'm not getting ahead of God. I'm not getting ahead of myself. It requires some discipline to do. We need more self-discipline in our Christian homes, our Christian lives. You know, I, I don't, I've never met a Christian. Let me finish that sentence. I've never met a Christian who did not believe it was beneficial to read the Bible. But that's not going to get you up in the morning. We can stand and we can shout and we can praise the Lord for our King James Bible, but if you don't have the discipline to get up at enough time in the morning to read it, what good did it do you or anybody else to shout and praise God that you got a perfect Bible? You've got to be disciplined enough to get up 
Oh, I want God. And sometimes uh, we, we get ourselves in trouble. And sometimes we get ourselves in difficulty. And sometimes we get away from the Lord. And, and, and I do a lot of counseling. Somebody's away from the Lord. And they come out and say, I, I, did, I want all this fixed. And they think one meeting with the pastor is going to take everything away. And sometimes I look at them and I'm like, I'm thinking this in my head. You've dug a hole so deep, your ladder is not reaching the top. I don't know what to tell you. But what do we do? You get out of it little by little. Little by little. Anybody can get back to God little by little. Self-control, self-discipline. That's why I don't think it's unwise to somebody who's struggling in an area to say, Pastor, would you, would you, would you be... Uh, give me some accountability. To their Sunday school teacher, would you give me some accountability uh, so that I can discipline myself? It requires discipline to live little by little. I hope it will get more exciting for you. Number three, living little by little will allow you to grow. A lot of Christians don't stay faithful because they don't, they don't have healthy growth. Because they don't get the faith of following the Lord down. They don't get the discipline down. Notice what verse 30 says. Look at verse 30. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased. Don't miss this. If God gave it to them all at once, they wouldn't have been able to handle it. They've been in bondage for all those years. They're wandering the wilderness. They had already been murmuring against God. They had already built a, a golden calf at this point. If God had removed every obstacle from their path, they would not have been able to handle it. Can we just be honest tonight? If God removed every difficulty from your life, you'd get so full of yourself. I'd get so full of myself. We think we don't need God. Look at the situation I'm in. But little by little, you know what it allows us to do? To grow. And God is telling them, I'll keep the enemy. I'll begin to remove them. But I'm not doing it all at once. He says, little by little, little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased. What is God saying to them? Please, please don't miss this. I will drive the enemy out at the pace that you grow. At the pace that you're increased. We're not waiting on God so many times as God's waiting on us. Well, God, help me to grow. No, you grow, and I'll keep pushing the enemy out. I'll keep making a way. It allows you to grow. Oh, it thrills me as a pastor to watch Christians grow. Oh, it's my prayer. I pray so many, I pray often for this. Lord, help your people to grow. I want our church to grow numerically, but more than that, I want the people who God have assembled here to grow as a Christian. You know what 2018 was for a lot of people? It was growth as a child of God. It was growth in your prayer life. It was growth in your faith. It was growth in your dependence on God. God says, I will give you, but when you're ready, little by little helps you to grow. Um, those of us who have parents, our parents and still have our children at home, we, I, hope, I hope if you've got 
a four or five year old, you don't give them everything you're going to give an 18 year old. Here, here's keys to the car. You, you know, you, you decide when you want to go to bed. You decide what you want to eat. The ice cream's in the right-hand corner of the freezer, but you decide what you want to eat. See, I would never do that with my child. Why? Because they're not mature enough to make those decisions. They're not ready to make those decisions. And let me just interject here. I don't get in trouble with our thir- I don't get upset with our 13 and 14 and 15-year-olds with making unwise decisions. I get more upset with parents putting them in situations by giving them all of the electronics and all the things of this world uninhibited so they can get in trouble. They're not ready for that. Back to the regularly scheduled message. Uh, you, you, don't, you, don't allow, you, you don't allow them to lie. They're not ready for it. But as they grow, I've, to, I've told my, my children this. You know, they start talking, you get to 15, you say, oh, I'll get my permit. 16, I get my license. And they start talking about when they're like nine, you know. Only six more years and I'll be getting my license. Only five more years and I'll be getting my license. And I just let it go in one ear and out the other. And then it's one more year and I'm like, what, what happened? But I've told them all this. Uh, you might be legally able to get your permit at 15. But that's a maturity decision. What is the point you're making, Pastor? The point I'm making is, is this. We want God to give us all of these things, and we're not ready for it. You, you wouldn't give, you wouldn't give your, 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 your young child all of these privileges until they are mature enough. Why do you get upset with God? Because He doesn't open the doors you think He ought to open for you. Maybe you haven't grown to the point that you need to grow. Allow me, if you will, to use myself as a personal illustration. Uh, this month came my sixth anniversary of being the pastor here. I, I, I look back on, on year, no, I, w- I was an assistant pastor here uh, from 1996 on up, and then the co-pastor, and then through the transition, and then I've been the pastor now for six years. Uh, you do realize that's twice the national average. I just want to throw that in. I, I'm twice above average, just so you know. I just thought I'd interject that. Um, I look back at when I was first became pastor six years ago, and I'm like, ooh, I didn't know nothing. But I thought I knew a lot. I gave some advice recently to uh, a couple going into the ministry. I said, I said you've got to continue to grow. I, when, I, when I look at after I'd been an assistant pastor for 10 years or so, I look back and I'm like, what in the world was my dad thinking? I would not have hired me. What had happened? I had grown little by little by little by little by little. And there comes times of frustration. Well, why doesn't God allow me? Maybe you haven't grown enough. We've got to put our focusing on the growing and not on the other things. We have had to grow. I thank the Lord for the journey. You may not, but I thank the Lord for the journey He has put us on this last six years. Because we have not been able to sit back and rest on what had been done the previous 30 years. We've got to still look to God and say, how do you want us to move forward? How do you want us to, to operate? You want us to operate by faith? We'll do it. Do we need to have an all-night prayer meeting? Then we'll do it. We'll continue to move forward. We can't just... Why, there's growing that has to be done. 
See, the little by little allows you to grow. That's the, that's the goal, is to grow in your Christian life. Number four, and I'll be through. Little by little limits or discourages compromise. There's an important principle here I want you to see, found in verse 32. We find more instruction from God to His people. Thou shalt make no covenant with them nor with their gods. These are the enemies that He's described, that He's promised to force out. One thing that derails a lot of Christians, one thing that causes a lot of compromise in the life of Christians, is not being willing to operate little by little. Because we want to remove the pressure. We want to remove the difficult circumstances. And so we'll look for a shortcut. I'll use a preacher as an example. He'll go and he'll want to build a work for God and it'll not grow as fast as he thinks it ought to grow. And he'll look at churches that are much larger. I think I should have a church that is that large and they'll compromise the bypass to try and get a crowd. Instead of having the character to love a people and to pastor a people for 30 years and just do what God instructs you to do and have God grow the church. Uh, there's compromise because of refusal to just operate little by little. Uh, why, why, do, why do some people develop uh, dishonest and crooked and sometimes even illegal business dealings? Because they're not willing to operate little by little. They want to rise to the top right away. And see, uh, most compromise to relieve the pressure of their situation the situation of unrealistic, unwise expectations. I, I feel like my child should be here. When you miss the principle of little by little. Can, can I help, help parents once again tonight? You, you have your, God has loaned you, uh, your children. They're His children. He's the giver of life. He's the creator. Uh, let's just remind all of us of that, for, for, for approximately 18 years. They don't have to be ready to go until then. Some of you need to cancel your, your, your panic attacks when they're nine. Oh, they're nine. Until they're 18. And one of your kids, they're going to be ready at 13 and a half. I'm ready to face the world. And then you're going to have another one that they're one day away from their 18th birthday and you're like, oh Lord, help me. How in the world is this child going to ever survive out there? Well, you got one more day. It's a little by little by little by little until they are ready for the Lord in your, in your marriage. I can use the same illustration that I use in the ministry. In, in, in marriage, when you first get married, you think you know all there is to know about being married. You think all there is to know about being a husband uh, to, 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 that, to, that, to that wife and to that lady. and Oh, I've got this all under control. And then after about four months, you're like, who are you? <laughs> but then you grow and you grow and you grow and you look back on your marriage. It's like, I really, wow, I, I really didn't know what I was doing back then. Why? Because you've grown. If you could look back and say, I was better then than I am now, that's... 
that's a whole lot of marital counseling we need to we need we need to, we need to, we need to schedule but you understand the principle you won't compromise what you believe you won't compromise your future you won't compromise your home your children your marriage if you understand it's a little by little let me give you some practical application and we'll be done embrace the little by little life we can know about it as a principle and I spent some time laying out as a principle tonight but you know what Christians need to do you need to embrace it that I'm gonna serve God little by little I'm gonna grow little by little I'm gonna mend relationships little by little you know, I, I, I would I would get I would I would do something to, to repair that relationship if it wasn't so difficult well, a relationship that is probably worth repairing is going to be a little bit difficult just little by little. Embrace the little by little life. Young couples, embrace the little by little. It's okay for you to, little by little, advance in your life as you get older to enjoy some things in the future. It's little by little. Not only embrace the little by little, let's enjoy the little by little. I'm real big on the stages of life. When I advise a couple who begins dating, I, 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 I explain to them that there's several stages. There's, uh, there's this stage, and then there's this stage, and this stage, and then there's, then there's the engagement, and, and then there's the marriage, and then what I call the honeymoon stage, and then there's those you know, seven signs of grief, the regret stage, and all. No, no, I, I, don't, go in, I don't go into that, but there's different stages of life. Enjoy every one. A couple who's dating is going to have some potential problems if they, I know this is the one, and they're so far looking ahead that they don't enjoy and build every stage along the way, they're going to be less prepared for that marriage stage. Boy, in life, you have, as a couple, you have the, the honeymoon stage, the newlywed stage, just the two of you, then the Lord gives you children, children come. And that's just all a blur right there during, during that stage. I'm not sure what's going on, but... After the children stays, they begin leaving the house. And oh, I've got, I've got three girls, and when they were little, I used to tell them, oh, you're never going to leave Dad. You're not getting married till you're 30. And now I've got one that's turning 21 this year, one that's turning uh, 16, and one that just turned 12. And I, turn, I walk through the house, and I'm like, you're still here? Why, 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 why are y'all still here? There's the children's stage. Then they're going to begin leaving the, leaving the home, and then there's that empty nester stage, if you will. Uh, enjoy every stage that God has you in. Some of you have recently retired. Congratulations, Mrs. Womack. Recently retired. She has plenty of time for baking now. Praise the Lord. She's, she, she has retired. Enjoy every stage that God has you in. Little by little. Remember this statement. Don't be so focused on the destination that you miss the journey. 
Don't be so focused. And, oh, I've got to get them that you miss everything along the way. Well, there's some trials along the way. Yeah, but in those trials are some blessings. In those trials are, is some growth. Not only embrace, embrace the little by little, enjoy the little by little, encourage the little by little life. This is what I mean by that. When you rear your children, encourage the little by little. Everything's going to happen at a pace. Yeah, they get their report card and their grades aren't as good as somebody else. Don't compare them to who else is in the class. Compare that report card to the previous one. Compare them to themselves a little by little an improvement in dealing with new converts and new Christians and other people. The little by little life. Be excited about just a little bit of growth. A little change. Some of you need to be more patient with yourself. Well, I thought I'd have complete victory over this. It's an unrealistic, unfair expectation. It's little by little. I'll make one last statement and then we'll be done. I guess this all can be summed up with this statement. Be a better Christian today than you were yesterday. Be a better Christian tomorrow than you are today. Have you been away from the Lord? You're going to get frustrated. You're going to quit if you don't grasp what I just said. This is a very much established church. Many of you have been here for decades. The Lord has used this church for decades. Some real seasoned Christians along with some newer Christians. When a newer Christian comes, I often give them advice, don't look around that building and compare yourself to the other people in that building. Because if you had seen them when they came, oh, you'd be a whole lot more encouraged about yourself right now. But how did they get to where they are in their Christian life? One week at a time. One Sunday school class at a time. One church service at a time. I'm, I'm, I've decided I'm going to pray. I'm going to get me a prayer life. I'm setting aside an hour and a half every morning to pray. I hope you make it, but you're probably not. I tell new Christians that are going to pray life, get you ten things on a piece of paper you're going to pray for every day, just ten. Just ten. Pray for them every single day. As the Lord answers those, you replace those. Some you'll pray for the rest of your life. Lord, help me in this area. Help me in this area. Help this area. But you know what tends to happen after 10? That 10 begins to go by just like that. I think I can add five more to that. Now we've grown in our ability to pray. This prayer is work. And to, and to pray, it's little by little. Uh, be a better Christian today than you were yesterday. Be a better Christian tomorrow than you are today. It's little by little. Little by little. Grasp this principle. So, Pastor, how are all these things going to take place as we move forward in the future and the new property and the, and, the, and the remodeling and all these other ministries that we want to add and things we want to do? How are we going to do it? Little by little. I'm excited about our, our, our new building over on Normandy and the, the capacity. Many of you have driven by there, and this will surprise you that the plans that are being drawn, it'll, it'll, it's going to seat just under 500. You say, wow, that'll give us a lot more seats than we have now. That'll do us for a long time. It'll do us for a short time. Because I want to reach people little by little. 
Pastor, do you think we could make a difference in this city? Oh, absolutely we do, little by little. Reaching one more person, one more family, one more soul, little by little. I'm burdened for all of the young people, the, the 18 to the 25, the 18 to the 30. There's, Jacksonville's got a lot of them. I'm burdened to reach them, to give them a scriptural answer for life. So how are we going to reach them one at a time? What about all of the neglected? What about all the poor? What about all those children who wake up hungry, go to bed hungry? They wake up in a home where they'll never hear, I love you. All they hear is cursing and fighting and swearing. Uh, there are droves of them, thousands of them in our own city. And if you drive through neighborhoods and you get a picture of it, it's overwhelming. So what can we do? We can't do, we can go, we can do, reach them one at a time. Little by little. There's homes that are turned upside down on the verge of breaking up, the verge of divorce. What are we going to do? Well, we can try and reach them one at a time, little by little. Uh, don't, don't miss this principle in your life. It's a little bit at a time, a little bit of growth. God said, I'll keep your enemies just ahead of you. I'll keep them just away from you. I'll keep them just off of you. Now, you and I would prefer them to be completely vanquished, but God said, I'll not do it in a year. I'm not going to do it overnight. As you move forward, I'll push them a little further out. Matter of fact, in this, in this way, if we operate this way, you don't even have to lift a finger. I'm going to send those horners ahead. I'm going to send them out, and I'm going to keep them ahead of you. But you've got to keep moving a little bit at a time. Friend, let's grow in our Christian life a little bit at a time. If you keep moving, if you grew this much in 2018, you grew. I think we ought to get excited about our spiritual growth, don't you? It's like the, the little kid, they, they mark themselves on the, on the doorpost every, every, every year. This, okay, how tall am I now? I grew this much. Then they go to the tippy toes because they didn't grow as much as they wanted to. I, I grew this much. And oh, I grew this much this year. I grew this much this year. I grew. And you look at that, it's like, that's just your hair's long. You didn't grow, you didn't grow that much. I grew this much this year. Well, why don't we get excited about that? Seeing the growth in others and the growth in ourselves. Father, I